Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for free. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com slash busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Mark Henry and I talk about the historic win by Keith Lee this past Wednesday. Now the North American and NXT Heavyweight Champion. Mark gives his thoughts about Keith Lee and the future of Keith Lee. Also, we're joined by Justin Labar, as we are every single Friday. He gives our rumor roundup of all the hot topics in the world of pro wrestling and maybe the best heel in 2020. King Corbin joins us. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. We were talking about Keith Lee. Um, we interviewed Keith Lee. Bully and I interviewed Keith Lee yesterday. Yeah. Very chill dude, man. Like at oh, first, yeah. at first I'm hearing him, I'm like, oh my gosh, he's tired. He's not into it. But then he gave the answers to the questions and they were lengthy and they were detailed. That is a very chill, calm guy, but at the same time, the answers he gave were tremendous, and I loved some of his <laughs> answers. Like, when he, we talked about, like, Bully asked him, like, when was that wake-up call for you? You know, because, Mark, you and I talked about, like, we were like, we, we knew he was signed to NXT, but we never saw him on TV. But really, that moment was against Dominic Dijakovic, where he felt he went to that next level. Um one thing that I really respect uh, when it comes to Keith Lee after that interview is I love the fact that he said how he loved to pick the brains of the veterans that were in the back. You know, yeah. talked about, you know, his trainer, Killer Tim Brooks, talked about Terry Taylor, talked about you. Like he said, he said he was somebody that, you know what, <laughs> listened and then maybe if he didn't need it in a moment, took it, put it in his back pocket because he knew he would need to use it for another day. Very intelligent. Answer by Keith Lee. Very, very hyper-composed guy. And we would have conversations about stuff. How to mainly when. When do you do certain things? And Keith would always do the things that I said. I've given advice to a lot of guys and I've mentored a lot of guys, but more than anybody, 
Baron Corbin, who's going to be on the show today at 1030, and Keith Lee, they actually applied the things that I suggested. And they will come back to you and go, okay, I did. What did you think? Is that exactly how you saw it? Or is, does, you know, can I do it a different? I say, you know what? It re- it's it's, it's going to be different for every opponent. But the way that you do it, you got to put your own special thing, or, or as, as we said on the radio a couple of weeks ago, you got to put your stank on it. Yep. You got to put your influence on whatever it is. Because me saying it ain't going to make it good. And that's what Keith Lee was able to do. He applies the knowledge that you give him. And everybody can't do that, Dave. I've seen, I'm telling you, 25 years. I've, man, I've talked to people till I was blue in the face. And they, some people just won't do it. You know, you can... You can lead a horse to water. You can't make them drink. Keith applies everything that you say. And I, I can't speak higher of, uh, of a wrestler that I've met in the last 10 years that uh, was able to do that. Mark, that's shocking to me because if I'm a younger wrestler and I bump into Mark Henry in the back, like, I'm asking questions. I, I, He's Daniel I'm Bryan. A- He's Daniel Bryan. Wow. He's a bigger giant Daniel Bryan. That's who he is. So what you're saying is he's just like a like uh, a student of the game. So to a speak. student, a guy that studies. I remember seeing Daniel Bryan sitting in the audience or sitting in the crowd before a show reading a judo Gene LaBelle book. And I said, what are you doing? And he was like, I'm just learning some locks and holes. And wow. I was like, Daniel, <laughs> you got a championship match tomorrow. <laughs> what are you talking about? You got your stuff. No, I just want to try some new stuff. Like, they're forever rebuilding wow. their repertoire weapons so it don't get stale. And some of it is so they don't get bored. They don't, they don't, they get tired of doing the same old, same old. And Keith Lee, I mean, I mean, you you see him in a match, and it's completely different than the match you saw before. He's he's adding all these different elements to his game. And for every guy that goes in, Keith is not gonna have a lazy match. Have you ever seen a lazy match? No. People going through the motions and doing stuff. I have. I've seen some matches where I was like, man, what the hell are they doing out there? Like, get to work. Go. Pick it up. And Keith Lee, I've never seen that. I've never seen him have a lazy match. Daniel Bryan, I've never seen him have a lazy match. They're always pushing the envelope. And that's what makes them great. The biggest name. Best in baseball. Derek Jeter, what a player. You can't say enough about him. He's a winner. Derek, welcome to Cooperstown. The best in baseball are on MLB Network Radio. We'd like to welcome Derek Jeter. One of the things that I've always struggled with throughout my career is enjoying the moment and enjoying the journey because it's always like, what's next, what's next? This is it. There's nothing next. This is the highest honor. MLB Network Radio. Sirius 209 XM 89. And on your phone with the Sirius XM app. 
I think, Mark, and I want to get your take. I think the greatest pro wrestling insider of all time, Justin Labar. Oh, can't argue with you. No. Because it would be futile anyway. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Man, the introductions. Yes, I'm telling you, like, some people might throw out the Meltzers. Nah, nah, sorry. Falls a little short to our own Justin (laughs) Labar, Mark. That's my take. I'm with you. Well, thank, thank you guys. Good to be talking. I missed you guys last week, and I and I want to say before we get into business, Mark, uh, I I got to catch your um, episode with with Stone Cold and the Broken School Sessions, and man, what a uh, entertaining and and just interesting story. And I, I it was it was a fantastic watch. So great job. Well, thank you. I, I'll be sure to pass the message along to Steve. Yeah, and and thank Steve, by the way, dropping my name. Always great hearing my name on the WWE Network. At least I know I'm not banned, you know, when I hear my name on on the network. Well, Uh I I told you, Carano, I talked to Mark Carano, Mm -hmm. and he did say you were banned. (laughs) All right, so... I I told you it was bad news. I didn't want to have to tell you, but... Somebody had to be the bearer of bad news because he was talking to me. He told me to tell you. He said, you tell that damn Dave LeGreca. And this is how he said it. Wow. That he's he's banned. And I was like, what do you mean banned? Like, banned, banned. Like, no shows. If I see him at a show, I'm going to call the police. Hey, and maybe I said, if what you did win he that- do? <laughs> he maybe. said, he's, he's, he's Dave LeGreca. That's what. Wow! So you, wow, wow! AEW and WWE, just Justin. I mean, maybe, I mean, maybe if you win your chair dance competition, you'll be un- the bands will be lifted. Yeah, I, I doubt it. I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt yeah. it. You know what? Maybe I, I, I'll have to. You know what? I'll have to do, Mark, is I'll have to get a fat head of him because obviously, right now, because of my banning of AEW, I have the Cody Rhodes fat head. <laughs> you know, because Justin, as you know, you see the Lagreca fat heads at AEW shows. You don't see fat heads of Cody Rhodes. So. You know, here's one for you, Cody. That's a true oh. statement. <laughs> All right, so let's get into it because there is a lot of a lot of stories to get into, a lot of uh, a lot of rumors. So before anything, because a big topic on this show, Justin, is what happens on Wednesdays. I mean, uh, to me, it's the best night of pro wrestling is Wednesday night with NXT and with AEW. You had AEW Fighter Fest, you had NXT Great American Bash, and it's funny, Justin, because everyone is all enthralled with this ratings war. But I think when you look at it, tell me if I'm wrong. It seems like both companies are kind of winning the rating war right now. Yeah, both companies have uh, yeah they have something to claim as a win. Uh, and first off, let's let's be honest. And I just want to say this: ha- having looked at social media each and every Wednesday, um, if you're rooting for either company to fail, then I don't know what you're all about. Like like this is a win for us getting to getting to watch yep. these two companies try to put forward. So just want to put that out there. Um, but yeah, you have NXT right now who's being able to claim a, a win. Um, you know, three weeks in a row now uh, with uh, overall viewership. Uh, this past week, they had 759,000 uh, to AEW 715. So, you know, about a 44,000 difference there. So NXT is able to claim that. But then you have AEW and they're firing back uh, and making it known that you know they're happy. They, they feel they're winning because they continue to beat NXT in the 18 to 49 demo, which that is the primary demo that, you know, television uh, sponsors and revenue is looking at. You know, they 
AEW uh, uh, 0.28, 0.28 um, compared to uh, NXT's uh, 0.20. So, you know, it, it, there's cases to be made. Uh, but I think, the, again, the important thing is here, both shows are, 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 are I think are doing well. I mean, it was it was interesting to me that night two of, of both of their premium shows, Fighter Fest and Great American Bash, night two, night two for both of them was lower than night one. So that's kind of surprising. Normally, you figure you're going to build and you're going to go up. Yeah. So that was a shock. But still, um, I, I think both both have a reason to hang their hat and be proud. And I like what you said, Justin, about the fans because, uh, you know, Mark and I were talking about it before the show. And maybe it's just people stirring the pot for the sake of stirring the pot. But I would think if you're a pro wrestling fan, Justin, you're going to want to watch both shows. Now, I, I know there's the AEW loyalists and there's the WWE loyalists, but you're right. If you're, if you're, Hoping that one company fails, like that's just not the right mindset to be if you're a pro wrestling fan. No, I mean we've we've waited for a long time. When I say we, just wrestling fans, to have uh, some kind of serious head-to-head competition to WWE. And I mean over the year, over the last twenty years, there's been there's been there's been times where you know Impact, you know they were doing certain things and and they were trying to um, you know really be a, a weekly competitor. And you know ROH always has, has had a good product. There's other there's other great wrestling companies and they're on different platforms. You consume them different ways. But this is the first time that on a major cable network in 20 years that something has been going directly in the same time slot against something that WWE is producing. So you know, we've been asking for this. Competition makes everybody better. I, I certainly feel that it's continued to push NXT. And NXT was no slouch prior to AEW, but it's continuing to push NXT to do its best. Um, and, and I, and I think, you know, looking at the way they're developing, uh, you know, literally every female in NXT, Karrion Cross, Keith Lee, Adam Cole, go on and on and on. It's just, this is a win. And then AEW, on the other hand, you're getting a, a real mixed bag of, of everybody from surefire hall of famer, Chris Jericho to, to, uh, you know, new talents, you know, that maybe haven't ever been on TV in America before. So I think there's just a lot to a lot to appreciate. You can you can side with one or the other for hey, I enjoyed this show more. But again, there's some people out there that are going all in, uh, and no, you know, pun intended there of of wanting to see one company fail, which I don't get. You you said consume, and I always have to bring stuff back to food. Uh, <laughs> I like moon pies. They make moon pies in banana, strawberry, salted caramel, vanilla, chocolate. I like all of them. They're moon pies. And that's wrestling to me. All these companies, I love them all. They all have something that I love more, but the the bulk of it is they're all they're all moon pies to me. They're all something that I like. And for somebody to say, you know what, man, that's strawberry. God dang it. It's the shits. I don't even, I don't want to eat strawberry ever again. It's just vanilla. It's just plain old vanilla. It's chocolate. I, you're, you're an idiot. You're an I'm absolute with- idiot if you feel like I'm going to side with the WWE and I'm never going to watch NXT or New Japan or any other company. You're a moron. You're shooting yourself in the foot just because you have a gun. <laughs> you're running off at the mouth just because you have a tongue and lips. Like, stop it, guys. Like, enjoy the fact that we have something in, that any other sports don't have. Live television four times a week. 
It's ridiculous. You think baseball and basketball and football don't wish they had it? So cut the tr- cut the crap. Yeah, and what bothers me, and Justin, you're you're younger than than Mark and I, but and and I don't know if you had to go through it. Maybe you did, but like Mark and I, I know, especially for me, like if people knew you were a pro wrestling fan, especially back like in the early '80s, you got picked on for being a pro wrestling yeah. fan. Like, yeah. you know, like you you were kind of like a, you know an outsider if you like pro wrestling. So you know. I, I was a big NWA guy, but I never hated on the WWF, even though that wasn't really particularly my cup of tea when I was growing up. But, like, we all kind of banded together because we were all wrestling fans. Like, I don't know why all of a sudden now here in 2020 it, it needs to be separate. Like, all right, you could prefer, like, like, you know, Mark is saying, you could prefer AEW over NXT or vice versa, but at the end of the day, we're all wrestling fans. We need to be a community. We're stronger with our numbers than we are separated, and I wish fans would yeah. realize that because it's only hurting yourself because if, you know, yes, we're getting good numbers, but imagine if AEW and NXT was getting over a million like that would just be better for pro wrestling as a whole and you're right and you're right uh, uh justin and what you said that for a long time it was just the wwe there really wasn't any other thing that was getting any garnering any type of buzz or ratings well now you are so how could you root against competition it's good for everybody when there's competition yeah, and it's a trickle down effect. Fan, you know, fans might only think about it just in the terms of what they see on TV, but it's a trickle down. It trickles all the way down to us. The the the, the better wrestling is doing, the better, uh, the more content is out there, the better the interest is. That trickles down and provides more content for shows like this. It provides more guests, obviously for the people in the business. It provides more, you know, leverage for for better paying jobs and, and opportunities and options. And hey, somebody's contract in AEW might uh, run up in a year or two, and they might say, you know what. All right, I've done some stuff here. Maybe I'm gonna go try over here with that NXT, or or vice versa. I mean, it, it, and that's exciting as a viewer. Just you know, that, that's 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 part of what made the original Monday Night Wars so fun was who's gonna show up where, and and and, and in time that could, you know, and we've seen it with FTR, but that could that could happen more in both directions here. So yeah, again, Mark for Mark Wednesday nights is moon pies. For me, it's chicken wings. I don't care if it's Thai chili, buffalo flavor, teriyaki, Parmesan garlic. It's all Ooh, good. Stop yeah. talking dirty. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Uh, and Justin, Jim Ross taught me uh, years ago. He had a conversation with me about, you know, promoting the pro wrestling product. We're all on the same team. We're all fighting for the same goals. And, you know, Mark knows this since the inception of this show. That's what I have done. Like, you know, I'm not going to come on the air and say, you know what? We're number one and everything else is shit. No, I, 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 I want to promote Jim Ross's podcast. I want to promote Justin Labar. I want to promote Conrad Thompson. Like, it just makes us stronger as a pro wrestling community. And I see it as a pro wrestling community, whether it's on the radio or it's on TV. And I think I think fans need to start thinking of things in that way. It's just going to make it healthier for everybody. Yeah, and, and they, like, there, there's members of our communities, like in every family, um, some people steer toward gossip. They steer toward the negative. They steer towards the uncertain, like the no really serious uh, info based on truth. Uh, and, and, and we have those, but uh, we don't do that here. Uh, we want to talk about the positives. We want to talk about business. We want to talk about 
what excites us and Justin, like what excites you the most uh, from Monday to, to Friday? I love seeing, I love great heels. And when I say I love great heels, that means I love when there's a heel that I just can't wait to, to boo in my living room or see them get their ass kicked and, and, and you know, segue. Cause I know you got to come on. It drives me bananas when I see people who are like, Baron Corbin sucks. He's awful. Get him off TV. I go to the, I'm going to the bath and this and that. And, and then I go, he's a heel. No, yep. he's not a good, he's not a good heel. He's got go away heat. He's got X-Pac heat, whatever that means. He's got, and it's like, <laughs> you are making my point. This is yep. exactly what he wants. This like people have, people have gotten themselves, they just worked themselves into a corner chasing their tail of almost let's use so much terminology. Let's overthink this. And it's like, no, you don't need to overthink it. If, if character comes on the screen and he says things or looks a certain way or does things that you just can't stand, he's doing it. That's what he's supposed to do. And, and don't try to get in there with, Oh, well, he, he's not good in the ring. BS. That's, that's, that's a lie. Um, you don't know what you're critiquing. Then if you're critiquing, he's not good in the ring. Um, but, but that's what I, but to answer your question, Mark, that's what I enjoy. I enjoy when I get a character that just, especially heels. I, when I can get a heel that I'm like, Oh man, I'm going to enjoy not liking this guy. Or maybe he's one of those anti-heroes and I'm like, you know, I'm not supposed to like him, but there's just something about him that I love. I mean, when you can get a good quality heel, love it. I'm going to tell you something else about, uh, Baron Corbin. Um, Baron Corbin is also a guy that is known for throwing his hands first and then having conversation later. When he was in NFL, which just to say that, the dude was an NFL football talent. They don't just, those guys don't just walk around. I mean, you got to find them. But he loved wrestling enough that he came to wrestling, not the other way around. He didn't, it wasn't something that was a, you know, a last chance you type of deal. It was he found wrestling because he loved it. But Baron had so many fights. I mean, not to mention that he he loved the box, that he was a golden. You you mean to tell me that he you talking about he's not good? How where? I don't understand that. Because when I see him lock up, when I see him throw hands, when I see him move around the ring the way that he does and go out of the ring and come back into the ring, I, I see an athlete. I see a huge man. He's close to 6'6", almost 275, 280 pounds, and don't look it. He's heavy, and he's, he's built well for his frame. So where is the where is the weakness? The weakness is the fact that he disrespects the other people in the ring with him. And everybody hates it and that's what makes him who he is. And I appreciate all of it. And that's part of the that's part of again what adva- yeah, advances that heel is that he doesn't he doesn't play he doesn't play to the fans on social media. He he kind of st- yeah. stays he 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 is Baron Corbin uh and if if you want to talk smack on him. He, he kind of call you out for it. And yeah, I mean, in, in the athleticism, you're right. That I, that spot that he does when he gets whipped into the corner and he slides out the ring, goes around the ring post and gets back in and does it fast enough to come. And then it, it still charge into his opponent and make it look all in one fluid motion and, the, and, it, and not look out of time that there ain't many other people that are doing that, especially of his size. 
Justin, one of the biggest stories in the WWE comes out of Monday Night Raw, and that's Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio. Reportedly, Rey Mysterio is working without a contract. Is that true? Yeah, that's what it seems. You know, I don't want to speculate on what guys are getting paid and and, and, and all that stuff because that's, you know, but uh, but yeah, it seems, you know, Dave Meltzer had had, had a report out among others that, um, you know, Ray had signed a contract uh, with WWE to come back back in 2018, but it wasn't as long as it was what WWE has been looking for in terms of contract lengths. Uh, I think it was somewhere between a, a year. I think it was like 18 months is what we think we got it down to. So it seemed that since the round mania season, Ray's been kind of on a uh, kind of on a week to week handshake kind of deal. Um and there's a lot of things at play here. Obviously, Ray, uh, you know, has been on Raw quite a bit. He, you know, he, Ray's Ray. I mean, he's a he's a you know, one of the best baby faces ever. Uh, so there's the at play of okay, you know, in theory, he could at any point go somewhere else. So you know, you're trying to trying to keep him there. But then you have a son, Dominic. We know Dominic's obviously wanting to get into the business. So is that a is that a is that a, is that a leverage piece for lack of a better term? Um, so yeah, so it, it's an interesting story with what, what, what Ray could do. I mean, we've seen Ray, you know, he's done some other things the last couple of years. He did some stuff with Lucha Underground. He, he, he did, you know, one of the shows uh, that the Bucks and Cody had, had promoted prior to, you know, Dynamite becoming uh, a weekly show. So it'll be interesting to see what, what's on the horizon for Ray, especially when we look at this match coming up with Seth Rollins. It's uh, an eye for an eye, uh, new report coming out that this is going to be another, uh, uh, pre, you know, another tape cinematic style, maybe some CGI effects to, um, go into this eye for an eye uh, gimmick. Uh, so, but it's very much the point is it's very much a match and situation that you could, in theory, write Ray off of, depending on what the finale is. So that wow. makes you know that makes it makes me you know perk up and wonder what's so. going on. Guys, the uh, Ray Mysterio is an unbelievable talent, and is going to get paid his worth every week. Uh, he's not missing any meals. I guarantee you, they're paying him his worth. I equated to what's going on with Dak Prescott at the Cowboys. Um, you don't need a contract if you're going to get paid what you're worth. And what Dak Prescott is worth right now is $31.5 million. They are not, they're going to pay. He signed the tender. He's going to get that money. He don't need a long-term deal. He's making $30 million. Ray Mysterio is an unbelievable talent. Everybody knows that Ray is going to show up every week and do his job. Do you think for one second that the WWE is going to say, you know what? Uh, let's, let's haggle with him about a, you know, about a little money. When he's pulling ratings points. Nobody cares. The WWE don't care about money when it relates to putting out a good product. And Rey Mysterio is doing that. Yeah, we'll see what happens at Extreme Rules too, Justin, because that, like, eye for an eye, that's a very, very interesting stipulation for Extreme Rules. It's it's, it's something new. Uh, Yeah, I mean, Mark, I I hope he stays at WWE. I mean, WWE's... um, you know, I mean, they raise an established veteran, and I and I think they need that, especially right now in a time where you don't. There's a lot of guys they don't have weekly. They don't have uh, Roman. They don't have Brock. They don't have Becky. Um, you know, they don't have. You know, so I I hope that they can. I hope that Ray can stay there with them. I'll I'll be interested to see how the booking goes for this whole eye for an eye and what it means for the future, if anything. 
Well, Justin, man, you mentioned it before. We got Baron Corbin that's going to be joining us at the bottom of the hour. So uh, we appreciate the time as always. I love your segment. It's my favorite segment. Hell of a segment. I love it. I love talking to Justin Labar, the greatest insider in the history of pro wrestling. Justin, thanks so much, man. And we'll talk to you again next week. All right, guys. Be good. Oh, wait, 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 Justin, before you go, because you are an insider. Wait, wait, wait. Wait a second. (laughs) Because you are an insider. Again, (laughs) on Monday... At 11 a.m., our chair dance competition, myself, Mark Henry, and Conrad Thompson. Who are you thinking? Who are you thinking for Monday? You're going to ask me to bet against a Hall of Famer and a man called Sexual Chocolate once yes. upon a time? You're gonna, you're Don't gonna go by rep- Does it go by reputation? It goes into the moment. It's in the moment. Who is winning? I mean, from what I'm looking at right now, you look, <laughs> Dave, you look... You look like you got a bug crawling up your ass. Hey, man. <laughs> it's a chair dance competition. Some, yeah. Hey, man, if I have a bug, I'm sticking it up my ass if it's going to help me win. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> fate. I, I hope that's not a shoot. <laughs> Justin, thank you so much, man. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Fantasy Sports Radio is 10 years old, and we're celebrating the top performers of the decade with the Diamond Awards. Here are Fantasy Football All-Decade Team announced Wednesday morning at 9 Eastern. Way beyond Bell, touchdown. Plus, our Fantasy Baseball All-Decade Team Friday morning at 9 Eastern. Out of here, Mike Brown. And find out how you can be inducted into the Subscriber Ring of Honor, the 10th anniversary of Fantasy Sports Radio on Sirius 210, XM87, Sirius XM app, and however you stream at home. And all hail the king. I'm fine. Royal Majesty. King Corbin is on. Yes. Everybody should be bowing down to their uh, radios right now. Y'all hear Nation? I like it. Yes. Everybody around the world, stop what they're doing and bow down. Australia, Canada, bow down. (laughs) (laughs) How are you, King Corbin, on a Friday morning? I'm good. I'm living it up, uh, hanging out in Florida. It's raining as usual and uh, figuring out what I'm going to cook for the weekend. Oh, my gosh. I'm so happy <laughs> that you brought that up. Listen, oh, boy, here we go. Have y'all seen the post <laughs> of the, the way this man prepares this meat? I'm talking about he is smoking tenderloins, making yep. these tomahawk steaks that like, first of all, where do you get your meat? Do you, is there a special uh, provider that you get your meat from? Yeah, I got, I got three different spots, actually. I get uh, a lot of my stuff from Heights Meat Market in Tampa and then Snake River Farms. And I also get uh, a bunch of meat brought in from New Zealand uh, from the first flight. It's uh, like a meat subscription uh, service that's, that's out of um, – friend of mine kind of owns it from LA. And so it's, uh, okay. You got to apply to be a, a member to it. And I got lucky. I got connections. You know, the King hey, has Dave, Dave and I, we, we like but meat. Can you hook us up? Can you, I got you, I got you, whatever you need. And, and listen, I got you too. Stuff. There's, there's a place here in, in Texas called hassle cattle company. You can pull it up. They do Wagyu, uh, beef. The, I mean, as much as I love the meat, the sausage and everything, they make beef bacon. Oh, okay. I'm in with that. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, I'm just, uh, I'm just almost passed out just now. Just, <laughs> He's oh, oh. All, right. All right. So while Mark changes his underwear, let's get into the. Uh, let's, let's get into the. 
<laughs> sorry, sorry, Mark. You know, <laughs> you know, we a, a couple weeks ago on the show we had uh, the topic greatest heels of all time, yeah. and I was and a lot of people. King Corbin actually, you know, called in and tweeted at us mentioning you, yeah. which, you know, which was a bit of a surprise because if you remember about a year ago, uh, a video of mine kind of went viral talking about you. It did. It was, we, I don't know if you were talking more so yelling. I was yelling. But, yeah, no. <laughs> I was angry because I don't know, like, you know. Yeah, when I grew up, when I was growing up watching wrestling, you either loved the person or you hated the person. Yeah, and there wasn't all these divisions of why you hated somebody. You just hated somebody. And somebody called in and said, you know, you know, Baron Corbin's got go away heat, and I'm like, what the fuck? What what does go away heat mean? It's not you know? a real thing. Because it's, either it's, you hate the person or you don't yeah. hate the person. Well, that's there's no the thing. such thing. Nowadays, they're they're so prone to potentially these heels like you know austin was a heel in theory but he was the coolest guy in the business it was it kind of got it skewed after that everybody wanted to be cool a cool bad guy they wanted to be that antagonist that was the rebel anarchy that kind of thing they didn't actually want to be hated and i think that's the difference and they say oh he's got go away heater whatever that nonsense term is that they want to make up the xbox heat uh it's because they actually hate me and that you know, like that, then I'm doing my job. Like, come on, yep. yeah. it can be frustrating because you have these like these morons, especially on Twitter. It's full of just morons, and they think <laughs> they know more than everybody else, which actually proves they know the least of anybody. Like, they're the dumbest of them all, and they're the easiest to get, and they're the ones that are they're trying to tell me how to do my job. I, I was telling Dave before you came on, I got a friend of mine named Bill who lives in Rockdale, Texas. And Eric, Dave and, and Gabby and all the guys know Bill. Bill is hates your guts. <laughs> As I've been said, he's like, man, I just hate it. I just have I just want somebody to just do something to him. Like just so he's gone for a long time. So you want somebody to, to hurt him? And he's like, yeah. And I said, damn. And I started laughing because I was like, that is the, the definition of heat when you want somebody ass to get hurt. Oh, yeah, or fired or just, <laughs> oh, there's all these things. Like, yeah. That's so like, are you doing I, your job. I hate him so much. I wish someone would just punch him in the face. I don't understand it. It's not real. And I'm going, dude, I got you. Got you. Or also, or also, too, is like where it's like, hey, you know what? Um, I'm going to tune into this match to watch him get his ass kicked. Or, yeah. you know, I got to see if he loses this match. Like, that's what a heel supposed to be. I think you're right, Baron. I think, like, in the era of, like, Ric Flair and Stone Cold Steve Austin, somehow, and with the NWO, I think especially in the late 90s, like, everyone started looking at heels to be cool but you yeah. know what at the end of the day you want the heel to be hated that's the most important thing and then not only that you want like i take pride that i can get in the ring with anybody on the roster and they're gonna like them better than me so then i'm yeah. doing my job in a sense of like i can help elevate people i think to another level and you can take guys um who the crowd's trying to figure out how they feel and put them out there with me and the moment my music hits they go oh i like the other guy whoever comes out like doesn't matter who walks out next. And I think that's where, uh, you know, I take a lot of my pride. There's not a, I got to choose which guy I like better. 
it's genuinely, even if they've never seen the guy before, they're going to cheer for him if he punches me in the face. How does it feel to have a comment on the fact that we have a show that's about the best heels of all time and people are mentioning names um I mean, Rick no, Flair, Kevin, Kevin, you know, Kevin, Kevin Sullivan, Sullivan, and you know, and you know, Rowdy and, Rowdy and Baron Piper, I love that, and, I love and, that and they style. kept saying your name. They that's kept great. these man. I, th- I think that's like unbelievable. Like, but now I got to feel out, figure out how to irritate those people even more. You know, because you don't. I, I take a lot of pride in keeping myself hated. Like there's things that people go, Oh man, I like when he did that. And I go, Oh, I better never do that again. It's just kind of that thing. I want to always, I don't ever, you know, they, a lot of heels turn into that, that thing people like, and I want to just stay as evil as possible. I also think there's a misconception when it comes to you is that a lot of people see you coming from the world of the NFL, which to me is a major plus because that shows that uh, you're in a tremendous athlete, which you are. But also I think people forget or maybe people just don't know that you were a pro wrestling fan. You know, you were a yeah. fan growing up. So, like, I always kind of, like, appreciate the fact that, hey, here's this NFL player, a former NFL player that's coming into the world of pro wrestling, but also has a love and passion for pro wrestling because you grew up watching it. Yeah, I mean, well, I grew up in Kansas City, and my dad was a huge fan. And, like, we talk about favorite heels of all time. Dude, one of mine growing up was Kamala. Like, we would get to go to uh, Memorial Paul in Kansas City, and you'd, you'd see Kamala pull up in a white limo and get out with all his paint on, and he's, you know, going crazy on people, and it's just, I grew up watching, you know, Harley Race's territory, and it was awesome, and you had great heels come through there. You had Rick come through, uh, you know, Arn Anderson. You had these guys that were just incredible, and I that's where I tailor myself off of. You know, they want to talk about guys today, and I just think that when you break it down and take it old school, that's what really frustrates and irritates people because the business is so fast right now. I think guys go in there and it's, I'm a psychology based guy. I want to, I have a degree in psychology. I want to tell a story and bring it not, I don't want people to react to a 12 move sequence. That's not what it's about to me. And so, you know, if you look at Twitter after something, they're like, he's so boring. He's only got three moves. Well, dude, I just irritated you. That's my job. If I go out there and do 47 different things, you're going to appreciate what I do a little more. And then, you know, I, so I, I go old school. All my favorite heels are old school, um, especially, you know, guys like Paul Heyman and Bobby Heenan. They, they were simple. They weren't overly complex. They just made it easy to hate them. And that's what I try to do. You, you, uh, you, you mentioned uh, being a fan and talking about the Kamalas of the world. Um it's always cool to be able to I, I don't know if it's cool. I think that it's 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 appreciative to to have somebody like you who's a, a well established star uh mention that you were motivated or you were inspired by uh these guys. Can you elaborate more on who influenced your style? You know, I, I from a heel standpoint, I, I used to always like Jake Roberts. 
And I was really afraid, like deadly afraid of Kevin Sullivan as a little kid. I I thought (laughs) he was was, like one of the first guys to bring darkness into it all. Yeah, man, I thought he was going to take my soul. I really thought that if I kept both eyes open, that somehow I would, oh, my God, he was going to do something to me. But Jake Roberts is is more like you and he is he was very methodical about how he injured and how he worked his opponents. You 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 do that a lot. Like where where did you draw it from? Um I mean he's definitely one of the guys because he's very calculated in what he does. And then Arne Anderson. When when you look at Arne Anderson, I've had just countless conversations with him and the the wisdom he possesses for just being evil is amazing because I think he's got like <laughs> we got along instantly just because he's like he's like you don't you're not you don't just act like this this is who you are like he's like I can see that, you know if someone messes with you on the street you're gonna hurt somebody like it's one of those things um, but you just find the details from those guys and how to do it and how to convey it to millions of people um, you know Eddie Guerrero was awesome at, at just yep. the, the way he carried himself and you hated him the second he walked out when his music hit uh, because he'd walk out in the confidence. And I mean, even JBL to me, JBL is just incredible and in how he could just stand there and smile and a whole you know arena wanted to just kill him. It was that common. So that's kind of where I drew that stuff from. And then just for me, just growing up, I watched like guys like Bam Bam Bigelow. That was like, I'd be going to football practice and my dad's like, oh, you know how Bam Bam ran over this dude? That's what you got to do at football today. You know, just think like him and be a big dude. It just, <laughs> that was funny because like you're a little kid playing football, but you're, I'm out there, you know, acting like I'm Bam Bam Bigelow or Big Boss Man, just <laughs> running people over. And uh, I mean, that's kind of where I drew all my stuff from. Man, let me tell you something. Uh, I'm going to tell you a, a Boss Man story. We were in Louisville, Kentucky. He came down there to teach a class, to, to kind of work with the big guys. And me and Big Show, he was like, ah, hell, y'all know enough. Move out the way. And, and let me work with these guys. And Boss Man, I'm telling you, he looked like he looked when we were kids. I mean, he was able to throw the punches. I don't know if there's ever been anybody other than maybe Taker that could throw a punch as good as Boss Man. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm, I don't doubt, I, I know for a fact that I've never seen anybody throw a punch better than him. Possibly Taker. That's it. Two guys. Yeah. Yep. So, what is it that you hang your hat on? That you were a boxer and you threw punches, and you know how to throw. And I, I've I've seen them. And and uh, do you aspire to try to get that boss man undertaker oh, level? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you I mean, competitive. I want 100%, you know, I'm, I'm here to, to leave my name in history books, not just on, you know, whether it's titles or whatever it is, but I want to be the guy like, dude, I want, you know, Randy Orton, like, you know, in NXT, they're like, would you work with Randy Orton that way? Like, that was a big thing. And we always make fun of Randy because, you know, he doesn't want anybody to hurt him. And, and so in NXT, if you did something like, well, would you do that to Randy Orton? Or would you do that to Cena? Like, I want those guys beating on Vince's door going, hey, I want to work with this kid because he looks like he's murdering people and he's not like he's taking care of people because the, the best are the best at that. I mean, you look at Taker and the things that he's done, his punches. I mean, they're, they look like they're just killing people and, you know, guys aren't picking their teeth up off the mat, which I think is important. And so um, I definitely want 
my work to, to be the top because I'll get tweets all the time. They're like, dude, Corbin's unsafe. He killed that dude. Did you see how hard he actually hit him? And I'm going, gotcha. Yeah. Like, gotcha. Gotta take pride in that. And that's, I think my punches are definitely one of those things that I take a lot of pride in. Um, especially I was always a little like, I don't throw a jab because if I throw a jab, it's going to dent somebody's nose. That's just, I, I threw 10,000 jabs when I was doing golden gloves and all that. They're made to hurt people and they're a little harder to control. So I don't throw them. Um, that's one thing I'm jealous. Boss man could throw that left hand and snap it out there and touch people on the chin. And it was a work of art. Maybe someday I'll get there, but right now it's still denting people's noses. Now, King Corbin, before when you were talking about Kevin Sullivan, you saw Mark actually become afraid and cover up his eyes. <laughs> yeah, now, yeah. one thing He's Mark a big baby. Hates, he might yeah. scare himself. He's a big baby. Yeah. Now, Mark hates, hates scary movies. Hates scary movies. Doesn't like to be afraid. Now, I know, there you go. You actually have a shirt with, you know, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Halloween and, and Friday the 13th oh, and, and, and uh, Freddy from uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. So I'm also a big horror movie fan. So I'm, I'm asking, what's your favorite horror movie of all time? Oh, man, it's hard for me to pick a favorite of all time because it's different. So now, like, I like the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre for, like, the gore, and that was kind of the entry level of gore. And then like the birds is one of my favorite of all time because dude, you took an everyday thing and made it able to kill people. And then I liked poltergeist. I liked the original paranormal activity. I mean, that one was intense when you're messing with ghosts and then dude, strangers, a strangers is underrated for me because it's a, I, I went to school in Missouri out in the middle of nowhere. It's just a house in the middle of the field and people show up and kill everybody. Like that's terrifying. If you think about it, like, if you're living outside the city, someone can just show up in your door and they're like, why? And then the dude just says, ah, because you were here. Like, that's it. So, but I'm old school. I like the evil deads. I like, um, you know, psycho. I like just. Did you watch the, the Omen? I did. Omen was good with the little kid. Little kids are scary. Man. Anything with little kids. <laughs> I got, I just can't do it. I can't do it. Oh my God, man. Just like that my... edgy stuff, man. I mean, I'll get you some good scary kid movies, Mark. I'm not going to say So I'm going to tell you about this bastard that works on the show, Bully Ray. Okay. Bully <laughs> Ray talk about me. sends me, like, I'll, I'll just random. Out of the blue, he'll send, like, um, Carrie covered in blood, right. a picture of her. Or he'll send, like, um, uh, you know, these horror movies. I can't even remember. Linda Blair from The Exorcist is a good one. Too. Like he the that. teeth all so messed good. up and monsters and stuff. I'm like, man, please don't do that. And and he did it to me actually live on the show. Oh, yeah. Before. I'm sitting here talking well, now to I know. Now I know. I'll be sitting don't here. Do, oh, come on, man. Come on. Come on. I respect you. I respect you. That doesn't mean you. I can't mess with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great. I'm an now, antagonist. I'm an antagonist. Right, well, what I do. Shit. That's my game. <laughs> now I don't even want to talk no what's more. The scariest one you've talk ever watched? What's the what's the scariest one you've ever watched? Uh I think Children of the Corn. Oh, what a great movie. It it, it was it was traumatizing. Like I, I go by a cornfield and I think about that shit. Is that the one with Malachi? About is that Malachi? Yeah, Malachi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the kids. I'm a creepy ass kids. 
creepy. I like messed up stuff though. I like, I just, I enjoy my, I mean, the painting behind me was done by a serial killer. Like it's, I like weird stuff, man. Wow. wow. Well, I, then I, I, you know what? I, I got to send you something really scary. I got to send you uh, my wedding video from my first marriage. Like, I, if you, if I, I'm telling you right now, if you watch that video, you will not be able to sleep for weeks. <laughs> Oh my god! That is, that oh is gory. God. That is psychotic. <laughs> and it will it will keep you up. It will keep you up for sure. Oh, All right, man. and also too, and we talked about this the one time we had you on the show before at WrestleMania is that you're a big metal fan. I'm a big metal fan too, but I'm more old school. But I know that you really like a lot of the newer bands. Shirt. Yeah, I did a little trooper action going on. But like, what metal bands do you like? What are you into right now, dude? I've been getting into like weird stuff. Like, there's um. A band called The Hue. It's like H the H U, and it's like weird. I don't know if it's like weird Viking rock. If that's what you call it, I, I have no idea. Um, but I'm into this like I don't know. It's even like chanting metal. It's like super like half death metal, half like chanting foreign languages. So I'm, I've I've fallen into a whole new new world of metal. I'm wow, like so you're like I'm in a rabbit passion. hole or something. Wow. I'm I'm down in a weird rabbit hole. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I mean, I still like I like Ghost. I like that melodic metal too. Um, you know, Trivium still crushing things. Uh, and I, I mean, I like my old metal too for sure. I mean, you're you're rocking that Iron Maiden shirt. The only band I don't like is Metallica, and it's just that's my only. But ever wow. like you never Holy like Metallica or is there like the newer stuff because I'm with you like I really don't like much after Injustice for All but I really love like those first three or four albums yeah I mean you can push black as being odd but it's just for me it, I don't know if I just wasn't into the voice or okay. I mean the, the riffs are awesome but it's just not for me but uh, other than that I love all I mean I even like, like Judas Priest stuff like that it's so so good but the, I, I mean, like the, it. some of the other what's that what do you feel about the band that um, that did like Bray Wyatt's music? Code Orange are awesome. Code Orange, yeah, yeah, they do like, some heavy stuff, man. I I, I I enjoyed like having them on because they came on the show. Oh, they came on the show with you, yeah, guys. yeah, yeah, and That's brother, awesome. like they cool as hell, like real wrestling fans, like yeah, they, oh yeah. Like the same as like real dude, Corey Taylor, man. Corey Taylor from Slipknot, dude. He's like his wealth of knowledge based on just like the territories and you know mid south. He loved everything about wrestling and still does. And so it was it was really cool to have some conversations with him about uh, all of the stuff he's watched and enjoyed because it's fun to pull stuff from those guys. Like try to bring it back almost a little bit. No, the, we've, the had, we've had we've had Corey. Yeah. A, oh, go ahead there. No, I was just say we had Corey. Ta we've had Corey Taylor on the show as well. Like we've had you know Nita Strauss from Alice Cooper's band on the show. Oh, yeah. Like there really yeah. is a connection. It seems from you know the metal world and the pro wrestling world. There's definitely there a connection is. there. It is, and a lot of crossover in fans. You know, you see a lot of fans in the audience wearing old like '70s and '80s metal shirts, and then you see the younger generation is is wearing like. You know, the, the Seven Dust, the Trivium, uh, Slipknot, those kind of shirts. You see them in the audience all the time. Lamb of God, Hatebreed. Uh, 
it's awesome to see the crossover and then to get him involved too, you know, like Tommy vexed, um, from bad wolves. He sang the lyrics to my song. He's a good buddy of mine. And so it's, it's cool to get that crossover. You know, there's, there's a little homework for all of the nation. The WWE put out a video, uh, called legends and it was like the legends of mid South wrestling. Mm -hmm. It's like a three disc, uh, box set. Like, that 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 box set was probably the best thing that I've ever watched that the WWE put out. Yeah, um, Junkyard because, Dog. That was so because good. of the music, and well, not music just the that. not just the wrestling, but like you hear, like back then, you know, there was people didn't have licensed music; yeah. they would just play what they liked. And until people started suing, and, and it became different. But I remember uh, Junkyard Dog come like I mean, it was like it played though that music, and the music that Jake liked is what you like. That yep. rock and roll, that that hardcore rock and roll, and he came out the songs. There were guys that came out to different music. Like I mean, it was crazy like back then in that era. But uh, I, I enjoyed yeah, that. Kind of how you were feeling that night, throwing it out there, whatever you were gonna, yeah. gonna do. And that's when I got to NXT. I thought that's kind of what you could do. So I was like, oh man, I need to have this Lamb of God song for my entrance. He's like, dude, we can't. We we have to do all yeah. this stuff. And and I was like, I was kind of bummed, but which is cool. Like the independent world, they get to do that, play the songs they want. But um, you know, you've got a whole legal battle on your hand up here if you're gonna do, you know, something else. Plus, it's another avenue for for funds to come in. I mean, you yeah. know, creating your own music and having it out there, and it's being on iTunes and everything else. It's just another stream of revenue that comes in for the company. Makes sense. One hundred percent. Have y'all seen the remix to uh, "Somebody's Going to Get It"? <laughs> I'm serious. I know. I've I've heard it. I've heard it. You know, Josiah. It's one of the you, you know, Josiah, the kid that was down in NXT. Uh, yeah. Is it Williams? I think so. Josiah He's done a lot of remixes. A, yeah, man, he did a remix of somebody's gonna get their ass kicked, and I, I, I liked it more maybe than the oh, original really? version. Yeah, it was crazy. Like he really right did a good this. job. Yeah, you can go on YouTube and pull up uh, somebody's gonna get a remix, and people are gonna be like, "Damn!" Like. <laughs> Mark, you got to come back and at least have one match with that remix. I don't think so. We're gonna have no. to, we're gonna have to get we're gonna have to get King Corbin back on the show just to talk wrestling. I mean, we talk food, we talk metal, we talked horror movies. He's we're gonna a great, have to get him back on cook. and talk wrestling. He's a great cook. I'm I'm sure he is. Why not? Man. He's good at everything else. Why not make him a good cook? I mean, that's why I'm the king, right? Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.